Welcome back to the ENC Leadership Podcast. And we are finishing up our series on faith and leadership. And this has been a series about integrating our Christian faith with how we lead. And you could say that this whole podcast is really about that, you know, and, and that would be true, where we take leadership principles and we see if they really work and we see how it connects with and aligns with the Word of God. But we wanted to have this series specifically for it to be foundational in this early stages of the podcast. And see, the challenge that we've been describing is that we have a view of Christianity often that reduces leadership to being nice, to following some rules, and to some very unimaginative and very ineffective leadership moves. But as we've seen looking in this series, we see that Christianity has very powerful resources for leadership that when we grasp them, understand them, and align with them, they empower us to lead well. In the first week, we looked at common mistakes Christian leaders tend to make because of religiosity, because of tradition, because of just poor understandings of God. In the second week, we looked at power, how power is used for creation, for, for flourishing. And in order to be used that way, it must be tempered by love. And last week, we talked about service specifically. And we looked at that most misunderstood leadership verse in the Bible, um, which is really not a leadership verse at all. It's a verse for all followers of Jesus. Today, we're going to look at how to release and supercharge that supernatural gift of leadership in your life. What does the Bible have to say about that? And um, I want to read this rather long set of verses, but there's only one part of it I want to focus on, but I think the context is important. And when we talk about leadership as a gift, as a spiritual gift, Maybe some of you are listening to this and thinking, oh, I, I don't have that. I'm definitely not that person. I can see people who I think have it. You know, I, I think that person's a good public speaker. That person stands or, or speaks or, or they were always the leader in our school. Yeah, there, there could be people with natural bent like that, but don't underestimate what God is doing in your own life. And don't count yourself out so quickly. You may just have the gift of leadership yourself. And for this podcast, we want to, for this episode, we want to look at what did that mean to have the gift of leadership? Let me read it, uh, the, the verse, and we're going to get into it a bit, okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 3 to 8. It says here, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is a list. And, you know, a number of Christians throughout history have called this the gifts of the Spirit. And we find these things listed in other parts of the Bible as well. We're reading from Romans, but you find gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians, twice actually in 1 Corinthians, in Ephesians, and you know a few of them in 1 Peter. 
And I don't want to get bogged down, okay, in the theological arguments or, or the minutiae or the details of this, okay? This isn't a theology or a ministry podcast. But I want to take the time to look at what this means, uh, what the meaning of spiritual gifts are, and to explain it a bit because, you know, very often we may have preconceived notions about it and it, it, it can get weird. Really, when the Bible uses the word spiritual gifts, it really comes from the same word as grace. These are specific graces that God gives to individuals. And that's very important for us to see it that way. Uh, if we remove spiritual gifts from the concept of God's grace, it can get weird. But if we remember it just as grace, you know, um, whatever situation you're in, you ask God for grace, for His help, for His supernatural empowering power that we don't deserve to help us in that situation. That's just like what spiritual gifts are. Three clarifying remarks I want to make about this first before we get to application for leadership. But the first thing I want to say is these aren't hard and fast personality types. All right, many people confuse spiritual gifts with personality. Eh, that can get weird, all right? I, I get that some people will have a more natural leaning than other people, but that can go really far and people can get really obsessed with finding their personality because I want to know myself. I want to define myself more. And spiritual gifts tend to become, or not tend to, but they can become a kind of Christian horoscope, you know, <laughs> where, oh, I took the spiritual gifts test, you know, and it told me my top three gifts and my bottom three gifts, you know. And so this is why I'm, we can get obsessed with these things. We can get obsessed with Personality tests, what's my Myers-Briggs, what's my strengths finder, what's my Enneagram, if I was an ice cream flavor, what flavor would I be, you know, it can go too far, and I'm not down on it, okay, I, I do take those things from time to time also, and <laughs> to be honest, I do catch myself getting obsessed with it as well, and and that's a different episode, okay, we're going to talk about it on a different episode, The Leader's Personality but let me say this for this episode. I believe in developing your talents and your personality. I believe we're hardwired a certain way by God. But these tests, including spiritual gifts tests, okay, which can try to approximate the Bible but are not in themselves completely uh, infallible, they're just approximations. They're just guesses. Keep that in mind. What would be weird is if we take this test and we say, now this defines me. This is now who I am. And, we, and very often that's when it gets weird. We find ourselves molding our identity to match the results of the free <laughs> online personality test you took. You are way more complex than that. There's so much more to you than can be defined by these grids. Your family background, your genetics, your cultural background, there's the point in time and history in which we've been born. There's so much more to you than just four letters of Myers-Briggs or five out of the 34 Strengths Finder themes or even your top three spiritual gifts. Okay? Don't get weird with this. Don't let this say, oh, well, this is who I am. So this is, what, this is who I am now. I need to be this. I need to play this part. No, you don't. You are who God says you are. You are what the Bible says you are. And you can do what the Bible says you can do. The most mature way I've seen people handle these kinds of tests or surveys or, or whatever, evaluations, is 
to look at it as a conversation starter or opener, a starting point. Hey, this thing seems to say that I'm like this. Okay, well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Don't ever use it as a concluding statement. You know, I took this test, therefore, this is who I am. Therefore, this is who I must be. Eh, we don't know that. Connected to this, it doesn't just tell us who, we shouldn't take it as who we should be. Secondly, it doesn't. we shouldn't take it as what we should do. Spiritual gifts or whatever, they don't just prescribe what I must do. It's better to think that they describe the work of God in my life. See what happens when we use this as a prescription for what to do. We'll end up saying things like, well, I don't have the gift for this. I don't have the gift for that. So I can't do that. That's not my gifting. Well, I, I, I really don't care. If that's what the situation calls for you to do, then you ask the Holy Spirit for grace to do it. I used to make that excuse all the time. I used to not want to comfort people. I used to be mean and, and take pride in it. Take pride in my sarcastic remarks. Take pride in offending people and just thinking to myself, well, they're, they're sensitive. You know, I don't have that gift. I don't have the gift of mercy. And I had justification. I took a spiritual gifts test and the gift of mercy was completely last. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. What does the situation call for? The Bible reminds us to be kind, to be gentle, that when someone is weak, this isn't the time to give them a zinger and tell them to, but maybe it is, but it should be done out of love. But I wasn't acting in love. What is God asking you to do right now? Ask Him for the grace for that. Don't say, well, it wasn't in my test results, so I guess I can't do it. And this is hopefully encouraging to those of us out there who think, well, I don't think I have the gift of leadership. Oh, God, why did you put me in this situation? Oh, Lord, why did my predecessor have to leave? Why did my boss entrust me with this project? Why did my teacher assign me with these people? I don't have the gift for this. Yes, you do. If God put you in that situation, then He's going to give you the grace for it. Why would He put you there without that grace? So that's the two clarifications I want to make first. Though. Don't let it tell you who you are. You are a child of God. You are uh, you know, a son or daughter of God. That, that's who you are, okay? The gift is just it's, it's a helpful thing. Secondly, don't let it define what you should do. You should do what God tells you to do. You, and part of that is what's right in front of you, all right? And third thing I want to say for clarification is don't make us weird category of spiritual things. See, whenever we talk about spiritual gifts and, you know, you probably have a list of gifts in mind already. Prophecy, miracles, discernment of spirits. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's definitely spiritual. That's in the list. But you know what else is in the list? Serving, exhortation, which just means comfort, encouragement. You know what else is on the list? In another list is administration. I love that one. Here's what it looks like. We think of spiritual gifts as someone giving a prophetic word, as someone ministering and miraculously, instantaneously, the prayer for healing gets answered and the person gets healed. That's great. That's definitely spiritual. Yes. But you know what else is spiritual? Serving. 
So the one ministering the prophetic word and the one sweeping in the back of the room, both of them have the spiritual gifts. Both of them require the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you might think, well, I don't see my spirit. It's so corny. But no, you don't look down on that. God has given you that gift. Some of you, you have the gift of exhortation, which I just read, which is comfort, encouragement. People feel enlivened when they're around you. I've got friends like that. I love being around those people. That's a spiritual gift. Some of you have the gift of administration. I love working with people like that. I'll have a dream. I'll have a vision. I'll have a project. And they'll sit me down and be like, okay, Joe, let's break down the steps. And it's amazing. And all of that is spiritual. I'm not trying to say that prophecy isn't a spiritual gift. It is. I'm just saying that all of it is as well. We need the Holy Spirit for that. So those are my clarifications before we get to the, the points for this. Don't let it define who you are. Don't let it define what you should do. And don't get weird and only compartmentalize certain things as spiritual and other things as unspiritual. And that's what we're going to see in this point. That when we ask for the spiritual gift of leadership, it applies to a whole lot more than just specific mystical religiosities. Go and serve. Go and do what God's calling you to do and ask Him for that spiritual gift. You might not be that good a leader right now, but if you ask God for grace to lead in whatever situation you're in, I'm sure He's going to give it. Interestingly, God, when we see in the Bible, God gives grace for people. It's often in tandem with a situation that requires it. <laughs> so don't sit passively waiting for it to happen. Go out, serve, volunteer, help, look for opportunities, look for where people are in pain, look for where people are in need, and you're going to see that that situation will require a leader. Someone to step up, someone to own the work, someone to rally people together. Then you ask God for that grace. That's, I love that. I love that our movement, Every Nation, is founded. One of our founders is Pastor Steve Merle, who calls himself the reluctant leader. That's someone who's, for much of his life, has said, really, somebody else should go first. And then God said, well, you're going to lead this, you know. And what did he do? He asked God for the grace, and God gave it to him. Isn't that better? Hindi ba mas maganda yon? Na si Lord talaga yung bida? Kaysa sabihin mo, eh. That is supercharged leadership. I want to talk about the spiritual gift of leadership specifically. And there's a definition that I have here that it's not biblical directly. I haven't seen it quoted anywhere else. I've only heard it from one of our uh, leadership seminars in every nation. And so if you know the original quote, then... I would love to hear if you know where it really came from, you know, but I am, I'll tell you who I heard it from. And here's the weird part. I can't even find my notes. <laughs> I can't find my notes on this material. All right. So it's just a, a definition that stuck with me for, I don't know, five, uh, four or five years. And this is my best rewriting of it. All right. So <laughs> it's such a weird thing that I'm giving two caveats. Number one, I don't know where it originally came from. I know where I heard it. And secondly, I don't even know the exact quote. But this is from uh, our chief operating officer in Every Nation Philippines, uh, Miss Gigi Concepcion. She's an amazing leader. I look up to her so much. She has got 
warmth. She has got ruthlessness when it has to be. She's a, a brilliant mind, a sharp mind, but a, a, a soft heart for people. Really, I look forward to interviewing her on this podcast, honestly. And just looking at those tensions, that how does she do that? You know, the many tensions in her life and how she manages uh, work-life balance, how she manages uh, data and, and processing lots of data and at the same time seeing people from a human perspective and, and not reducing them to numbers. It's just amazing. So this is her definition of, of the spiritual gift of leadership that I've forgotten where I put my notes, but I remember this basic idea. Here it is, Joseph's um, weird translation. It is the spiritual gift that gathers, organizes, and empowers the spiritual gifts of others to work together for God's glory and in service of other people. There, it's a spiritual gift that gathers, organizes, and empowers other people's spiritual gifts to work together for God's glory and in service of others. Man, I love that. I love that. And that's why it's stuck to me even now. Without my notes, I can rattle off, you know, like a, like a semi-accurate version of it. Because I think it captures so much. The first thing, what this quote says is that the gift of leadership only works with other people's spiritual gifts. It's something that can only be manifested with other people. We're going to flesh this out more in another podcast. But basically, leadership by definition needs other people. They're the stars. You're not the one doing all the work. And this should put humility in us as leaders. That's why Romans 12 verse 3 was worth reading from the beginning. Don't think of yourself more highly than you should. Use sober judgment. What does that mean? Don't think that just because you're the leader, you're the best I don't know where I heard this, but I heard someone say, I'm not the best. I'm just the leader. I love that mindset because it frees me from having to pretend or act like I'm the best. And also, it frees me to celebrate other people's gifts, the gifts of the team around me. Look at the team that you have right now. What are their superpowers? You want to see that. You want to see their expertise uh, one of our campus directors in ENC who leads Metro Manila, Ian Daguman, calls it their steroids. Where are those things? What is it that makes them amazing? If you want to be a strong leader, you got to look for that. You got to love that. You got to see people and have an eye that says, oh gosh, I want to see that superpower you have. I know you've got one in you. You are a human being made in the image of God. Uh, and if you're a believer redeemed by the blood of Jesus, I'm sure there's a superpower in you. I want to see it come out. See, it's not good for leaders to look down on their own team, to describe them as useless or as a dead weight. You're just shooting yourself in the foot as a leader. I love seeing people at their best. You know, even when you have to correct someone or remove someone from the team or transfer them, it's because they're not at their best and you want to help them get to the place where they are. You know what? This is a great use, a great application of those you know, assessment tests I said earlier. Don't just use those tests to know yourself. Oh, now I know what, what kind of ice cream flavor I am. No, use it to know other people's gifts, to know other people's strengths. It's great for that. 
Now remember, it's a starting point, not a conclusion, but I love using that for my teams uh, because I know that I'm useless <laughs> as a leader without other people's gifts. And so one of my favorite parts is when I see people walking in their gifts and I'm thinking, wow, wow, she was made for that. She is amazing at that. Or he, was, he, he wasn't like this before, but look at him now. It's the spiritual gift that mobilizes, organizes, and empowers other people's spiritual gifts. How are you using your gift today? How is your gift helping other people fully realize and actualize their own gifts as well? Second thing I want to point out. So number one, the spirit, spiritual gift of leadership only works with other people's gifts. Secondly, and this is from the verse, the gift of leadership needs to be done with energy. Needs to be done with, with passion. Notice the gifts again in Romans 12 verse 6 to 8. He, Paul describes each gift and then says like how it's meant to be expressed. He says prophecy and in proportion to the faith, if service in our serving, teaches in teaching, exhorts in exhortation. And so far, most of them, you know, serving, teach and exhort are like, well, do it. You know, you have the gift of service, then serve. You have the gift of teaching, then teach. But then a few of them, he gives these different remarks that almost clarify how this gift is to be given. Contributes with generosity. That's true. If you have the gift of giving, well, you know, it should be more than other people. Because <laughs> if you can't say you have a gift of giving, but you give less than other people. In acts of mercy, he says with cheerfulness. That's a great point too. It doesn't matter if you do an act of mercy, but you're not cheerful about it. Have you ever had someone do that to you? Like they're kind to you, but they're not cheerful about it. You just felt na ang bigat-bigat ng pinapagawa mo sa kanila. Parang sobra kang pabigat sa kanya. Natuwa ka ba sa binigay niya para sa'yo? Parang guilty-guilty ka pa, di ba? You feel bad, you feel worse because they weren't cheerful. On the other hand, you've had people who've shown you great mercy, who've shown you great kindness with a smile on their face. Didn't it feel like a real gift? Didn't it feel like, wow, oh, thank you. I don't deserve that. That's a gift, because the, not just because of what they gave, but how they gave it. And for leadership, he gives one as well. The one who leads with zeal. Zeal, Z-E-A-L. With energy, with passion, with diligence. Leaders. We have given our service when we do it with energy, when we bring passion. This is the third you know, episode I'm going to promise to you guys now, but that's another podcast that we've got lined up as well. And that's when it's talking about bringing energy and how to marshal and steward your energy. But for this episode, I want to ask you, how are you bringing your energy? Do you bring energy to the team? Do you come in? And it's hard now, you know, in the in the pandemic and most people are, are working at a distance and even the ones who are able to come in, they come in super drained very often. Are you bringing energy there? Because this verse says that the one who leads brings their spiritual gift when they do it with, with zeal. Number one, it's uh, the spiritual gift that mobilizes and needs other people's spiritual gifts. Secondly, it's one that needs to be done with energy. But here's the main point I want to make for today. It's a spiritual gift. 
I love that. I love that Paul, and this is something we talked about a little earlier, didn't just say, you know, and, and doesn't have the mindset that we often have in religious contexts where some things are spiritual and some things not so spiritual. And if you really want to integrate your faith with your leadership, you will need to see that God's Spirit applies to all of life. To all of life. And if there are areas of your life that need supercharging, that are slow, that are dragging, that have no grace, it may be because we've limited our view of where we think God can move. Oh, God can move here, but not here. I'm guilty of that. Uh, one uh, year, maybe it's like seven years ago, I was talking to one of my mentors, my supervisor at the time, Bishop Manny Carlos, and he said, Joseph, I've evaluated your performance, and so far when it comes to organizational leadership, you're pretty good, relational leadership, okay, but um, spiritual leadership is where I think you can really improve. And normally, what I would do in those situations is nod and okay, thank you, yeah, I'll try my best this year. But this time I was like, I wanted to be honest. I said, okay, Pastor Manny, help me. What do you mean? <laughs> my spiritual leadership. Like, 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 I can see, you know, I'm leading a prayer meeting. Okay, I'll need spiritual leadership. Um, I'm leading a church service. I'm writing a sermon. You know, I would need spiritual leadership. But most of my job isn't like that. And maybe you're, you know, you're not in ministry like, like me, which is what most people probably listening to this won't be. And so you, if you hear spiritual leadership, it's like, well, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I lead an accounting team. I lead a sales team. What is spiritual about that? That was basically my question to Pastor Manny. And Pastor Manny smiled and he chuckled and he said, Joseph, what makes you think that's not spiritual? Have you asked the Holy Spirit to help you with those parts of your leadership? And I said, like, in delegating to my team, in, in, in reassigning work, in recruiting someone, in firing someone? He said, yes, yes, all of it. All of that is spiritual. Ask the Holy Spirit for help there. And I was thinking, then what will happen? <laughs> like, what am I asking for? You know, like, okay, I need to assign a project to this person. Holy Spirit, please help me. I can do that without him, I said to Pastor Manny. And he said, well, first of all, you can't, okay? <laughs> you can't do it without God. The moment God withdraws from you, you have no clue how far you're going to fall, okay? But secondly, he said, you have no clue either how much better it's going to be when you invite the Holy Spirit in. And I said, like, like what? And he said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, but have you asked? Ask first. And it began to change things in me. It began to change the way I led when I realized that the Holy Spirit wants to get involved with everything I'm doing. Yeah, the this quote-unquote spiritual sounding stuff, but also things like making plans, hiring people, forming teams, setting direction. When I began to pray in those moments, not even long prayers, you know, just quick ones. Dear God, I really need a person to help me with this. I need a graphic designer right now. I've I've been late with this project. I need a graphic designer. Can you help me find one? And it's been amazing. Let me tell you one story. And this was right after Pastor Manny told me that. A few weeks later, I had to fire someone from our campus ministry. And I'm going to do my best to um, 
cover the details. So this was a person who had been repeatedly um, unteachable, like extremely difficult to work with. We had high hopes for this person's leadership, but uh, it wasn't panning out and was just completely very difficult to, to, to teach and to train. No discipline, always making excuses, unapologetic, unrepentant, just that kind of thing. So I was finally going to have a conversation with this person and uh, tell him that, you know, time's up. We've given you so many chances. You got to go. That That's the story. And so I was about to go in the room and I was thinking, oh gosh, I, I cannot, I don't want to have this talk. I'm too tired. It's been a long day. And this guy always, every story I've heard from every level in that local team he's had until now, uh, always had excuses, always pointed to other people. It was just a wearisome conversation. You know, because pinipigilan mo nang yung sarili mo, ayaw, ayaw mo nang sumabog, ayaw mo nang sumigaw, pero nakakapigod talaga yung kausap mo. Alam mo? <laughs> you never have that feeling. And so I remembered the words Pastor Manny said. I, I distinctly remember this. Seeing him in the door, uh, in, in the room, he didn't see me. So I turned back around and I just prayed and I said, Holy Spirit, I, I don't know how I'm going to fire this guy. I could really use your help right now. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> I don't know what it looks like. Pastor Manny doesn't know what you're going to do, but I could really use your help right now. That was my prayer. Less than 10 seconds. Walked in. Sat down in front of him and I said, Hey, got to talk to you. You know what we're talking about, right? And I kid you not, he said, yes, I know. We've gone over this several times and I really have to say you and my other local leadership team have been very gracious to me. You've bent over backwards and I've really been unteachable. So I really have, I find no fault in uh, what you're doing and I just want to ask you to pray for me, you know, because I'm going to have to look for a new job. If it was a cartoon, this would have been a scene where my jaw would have dropped with a sound effect and someone would have had to like 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 zip it back up, you know, or like like uh, pull it back up. I was like, this this guy's not this teachable. <laughs> this guy like we the firing took less than ten minutes. And it was so light. It was so easy. And then he afterwards. I said, hey, where are you off to? And he said, oh, I'm actually going near your house. Do you mind if I ride with you? And I said, uh, okay. So I, I gave him a ride. And the whole time in the car, stuck in traffic in Manila, we were talking for an hour and a half and just getting to know each other better. We even discussed his plans. <laughs> and then he got down and he thanked me. And, and I was just blown away. By that whole encounter, and I was thinking, when has that ever happened? Like, that's never happened to me before, honestly, where I've fired someone, and then we get in the car together, and we talk like we're friends. And today, I see him on Facebook. I see his, his career, and I'm so excited for him. I know he's going in a great direction. And I just think back to Pastor Manny saying, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. What do you need the Holy Spirit to do for you? Right now, what leadership situation are you in right now that you need the Holy Spirit's help in? Have you prayed? 
Have you stopped to ask about it? You know, honestly, as I was writing the notes for this before preparing this pod, before recording this podcast, I thought about that for myself. I said, okay, got it. What do I have tomorrow? And then I remembered, I've got a huge meeting tomorrow. Uh, there's not much time. It's only 30 minutes long, but it's a pretty significant meeting. And so I prayed. I said, God, I've only got 30 minutes to make this presentation. The decisions that we make here could be huge. Lord, please don't let this be a waste of time. Please guide us in the decisions and help us find the right people to, to work on with this project. That's it. And uh, <laughs> that's, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. We'll see it tomorrow. What do you need Him to do now? Maybe some of you have the lie in your head that it's, it's too small. No, it's not. No, it's not. If you're in Christ, your leadership isn't small, isn't mundane. And that's why you need His power. And He wants to give it to you. It's necessarily supernatural. You need a miracle. And God is in the business of granting those things. Pray about that. See, when we see leadership this way, it supercharges us. It releases us. Really, what are we talking about in this series? Leadership and faith. And really, what we're saying is leadership and God. What does God have to do with my leadership? And I hope that in this series, we've seen He's got a lot to do with it. So much that when you lead, you're actually reflecting God. That's what we saw in these last three episodes. And I hope that that integrates our faith in our leadership. What did we see? When you lead, you reflect the creative power of God with which He created the world. You were made in His image and so you have that ability to create, not completely like Him, but kinda, to a certain degree, that you add something to the world and you add meaning to that. When we lead, we reflect the power of God who created the world. When we lead, we do this in the model of God the Son who rejected the worldly symbols of leadership and redefined greatness as service. And we realize that our leadership becomes great when it serves. And thirdly, when we lead, we need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit because it is spiritual. No matter how secular or mundane or common or tedious you think it is, it's not. It is spiritual. You are a spiritual being and the Holy Spirit empowers you. So lead. Do it. And see what happens here is now our faith and our leadership are well integrated because our view of God connects to our leadership. I don't know what your leadership situation is right now. Maybe it's trying to influence your family to be more... Uh, encouraging or or more kind to each other during this pandemic. Maybe it's trying to work and, and, and be ethical and be honest and, and, and be hardworking in an environment that celebrates mediocrity or dishonesty. Maybe it's trying to, to lead well with people who are actively trying to pull you down. Whatever it is, I pray that we realize that it is deeply, deeply spiritual and God has something to do with it. And when we recognize that, oh, I, I, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what your leadership's going to look like. I'm so excited for the effect it's going to have on the world. 
when Christians are released into the world to serve and to help other people serve as well. I feel like I want to end this episode by praying and then we'll do the usual um, outro. Lord Jesus, thank you that whoever is in you, that for everyone who's listening in you, and not, not, not listening to this, and not even people who are just listening to this, but for whoever's in you, we have not just been called to a relationship with you. We have not just been called to, to eternal life, for freedom from sin and all of these other things, but we have been called to something, to righteousness, to righteous living, to purpose, to a mission that's part of your overall mission to the world. So I pray for every Christian leader listening to this right now. I pray, God, that you will supercharge our leadership, that you will help us to see how you come in into this whole thing, and that we will not move out of our own strength or out of worldly wisdom, but that we will see things from your perspective. I pray for those of us, Lord, who are um, burdened with bad examples of leadership, bad mindsets. And, and so we're, it's, it's short-circuiting our leadership now. Help us, Lord, to identify those things and to reject them. Lord, I thank you that, first of all, we are made in your image and therefore we have that connection to the creative power of God. I pray today, God, that you will help us to see that in our own way, you have left so much of creation undone so that we can continue the work to fill the earth and to subdue it, to make culture. Lord, I pray for those of us, God, who, who um, are called to lead God, that we will remember that we're called to serve as well. That it's only important or significant or great in your eyes, Lord, if it serves. And finally, Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to supernaturally empower us for every aspect of our leadership, for the... Um, uh, religious sounding things the spiritual sounding things but even for the seemingly commonplace or mundane Lord I pray that you will for those people who are looking for people to hire for looking for people for their teams that you will supernaturally lead us to the right people I pray for discernment in interviews for discernment in conversations to know what we're called to do I pray Lord that you will even supernaturally give us energy to impart to other people so that we can bless them with our leadership Overall, Lord, we invite you into every leadership context we have. Move in us, God, and we know that we will move well because you are moving through us. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's it. This has been our faith and leadership uh, mini-series. We're going to have a, a different episode next week. And then after that, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to interview one of my good friends, a leader I really look up to. This has been the ENC Leadership Podcast. If you want to reach me about this, you can message me on Instagram at, at @campusjoe. Uh, been so happy to get the messages I've gotten so far, the conversations with the people there. And if you've got questions, honestly, we plan to do a Q&A episode soon. So if you've got questions, you can send it there and uh, we can compile them for that episode. God bless you. And don't forget, God has absolutely everything to do with your leadership situation today. So invite him in and see what he's going to do. Bye.